It's day whatever of the quarantine, and I'm sitting here in the Believe Podcast Network bunker, just ready to talk about basketball. Welcome in, everybody. Hope you're all doing well. Hope you're all surviving, hanging in there. Appreciate you spending your quarantine with me, Jonas Nordman, here on the Believe in Jayhawks basketball program. Yes, we are rolling on. I finally shaved my quarantine beard. It's getting a little itchy. And also my mustache grows in blonde, flesh-colored, if you will. So, yeah, I wasn't getting the desired effect. It was time for it to go. Uh, took the shears to that bad boy. Plus, I'm doing a little home decorating. This is, of course, an audio medium. But right behind me from where I'm sitting, I decided, you know what? Today is a beautiful day. I'm actually recording this. I decided to get ahead of the curve, if you will. Uh, I'm, rec- I'm recording this on April 7th. The Tuesday night before, and it'll be scheduled to release on Wednesday when I assume that millions of people will be listening to this. But I found a little something, I guess in my jewelry box, I don't know, my box of fun goods. They found something that gave away my very first basketball game my freshman year at Kansas. It was the fall of 2008, and they gave out replica championship banners. And this one has the Final Four logo with that Gideon Up cowboy hat from 2008. And I decided to hang it because as I'm sitting here, again, big day in Kansas basketball lore as I'm recording this. April 7th, back in 2008, you guessed it. As I'm sitting here, Chris Douglas Roberts all those years ago was clanging his free throws and Derrick Rose was looking pretty fantastic. And then, of course, right about now, perhaps, uh, Mario Chalmers was hitting some shot. So, yeah, I did some decorating. I hung the banner. The roommate was like, you going to leave that up? It's like, yes, I am. Deal with it. Jam-packed program today. Believe in Jayhawks basketball program on the Believe Podcast Network. Your number one podcast network for professionals. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Here's what I believe. I believe this program is spreading like wildfire because apparently last week's episode made its way all the way up to Spokane, Washington. Yes, that's right. I was talking about the schedules last week. If you don't remember, you know, it's a little refresher. I was talking about the, the new schedule or potential opponents. Not a potential. They are going to play them. USC next year or for the next two years. And then KU will be hosting Gonzaga in three years. And going to the kennel, going to Spokane in four years. And what do you know? I got myself a message from a Gonzaga fan. That's right. This is an interactive program. So if you want to write in, I'm open. At JonasN310 on Instagram. Slide right in. Tell me what you're thinking. This is from Max Hammer. Hammer it to the max. At Max Hammer 9. This is his message to me. Bit of a paragraph. But... He's a Gonzaga alum, and he's a fan. So here we go. As a Gonzaga alum, I am so excited to have the Zags slash Jayhawks play a home-and-home. Having Kansas, one of the premier programs in the country, come to Spokane and play in the kennel shows how far Zags have come since the improbable, quote-unquote, slipper still fits run in 99. Coach Few has done an amazing job turning Gonzaga into a West Coast power, and that should hopefully continue in 22-23. While the ticket will be nearly impossible to get, the Gonzaga faithful will do all our best and take our talents to Lawrence and into the Allen Fieldhouse. Okay, new, just Allen Fieldhouse or into the Fieldhouse. 
But you, yeah, they're excited, right? Kind of read like a press release, but I appreciate the lack of profane language. So uh, again, if you want to send a message about anything regarding Kansas basketball, at JonasN310 on Instagram. And yeah, Gonzaga is, I mean, UCLA was the preeminent power up until like the two up until like the two thousands, and once 08 hit, and that team with Russell Westbrook and Kevin Love lost to Memphis, haven't really been the same. Had that same had that little run with Lonzo Ball back in what was that seventeen? Yeah, twenty seventeen. But yeah, no, Gonzaga is the power on the West Coast. So if Kansas is perhaps doing this to show off a little bit on the West Coast and have a good game for recruiting purposes, yeah, I think this is the way to do it. So thanks for writing in, Max. I think you've got a future in uh, press releases, if anything, or writing for Coach Few. All right, so I wanted to, I wanted to share that. Uh, really cool that we had a Zags fan. I think are they officially? I think they're officially the Bulldogs, but just referred to as the Zags. Uh, but that was really cool that he wrote in. So appreciate that. Here's what's on the docket for the rest of the day. I've got some Final Four talk, but not quite in the way that you're thinking. We have a potential travesty. And what is likely our final award season wrap-up? I asked the question, what is Bill Self doing? Ooh, what is Bill Self doing? And then we've got our next stop on the player review train. Got another player to look at. This one's a bit of a tearjerker. This is going to be tough to do. So, believe in Jayhawks. Jonas Nordman, we've done the business work. I want to talk a little final four. No... It didn't happen this weekend. No, none of us are hungover because Kansas won the championship last night, which they clearly would have done, no matter what your simulation says. 538. Really good at predicting presidential races, right? And they said that Michigan State would have won this year. So take that with a grain of salt. But I decided to do something else. With the lack of live sports, with the lack of anything interesting happening, except for this show out in the world, there's been a lot of brackets of other stuff there's been a lot of which house would you like to live in here's a list of athletes house one who are you going to quarantine with we've seen a lot of i don't know social media is coming up with whatever whatever they can to keep the people engaged but every single year come march we have always had a bracket of something else other than basketball teams so what i did is i put together my final four of Call it fantasy brackets. Perhaps the the ones that I see the most, the ones that perhaps catch my eye the most. So this is the top four brackets of things that aren't basketball teams that I feel like I've seen a lot or heard a lot over the years, and especially here on social media. So number one, the one seed, if you will. Eh, They're not seeded, just number one. Movies. Oh, yeah, especially sports movies. What's your favorite movie? What's the best comedy of all time? What is the best sports movie? Air Bud, obviously. <laughs> but I, I think we're all familiar with I think we can all agree with this one, right? Put your hand up, honk your horn if you're driving right now, if you agree with that one, unless you're, it's an unsafe situation. But we've always got the pitting movies against each other brackets. What's the best comedy? You know, like The Hangover, Wedding Crashers. Uh, super bad. I'd actually put probably I'd probably put those three in the final four. So there again potential fantasy brackets, movies, but especially sports movies. I mean, what are, what are the classics out here? 
everyone would probably say major league Hoosiers. Fun fact. I've never seen Hoosiers, whatever. I'm a sucker for miracle. I'll put that out there for love of the game, blah, blah, blah. Number two, beer. Yeah. People love ranking alcohol. I went with the simple one instead of the hard stuff. Uh, people love ranking their brews. Again, the obvious answer, not necessarily beer, but White Claw, loving what they're doing with season two here. Big mango fan, but if we're talking just pure hops, hop to it. I'm not gonna put. I'm not gonna say my answers, but everyone loves to pit. You know, the Bud Light versus the Coors. You know, this is a Kansas show, so the Boulevard. I'm from California, so the 805 Angel City Brewery. Three Floyds out there in the Midwest, taller at the, the people in the Midwest. So people love their beer brackets, beer bracket buster. Number three, the best of the past. This is more of a recent, this is more of something that I've seen recently with the, the lack of live sports. I've seen this a lot. Like Sports Center did their best college basketball players of all time. I think the, the fans got a little bit confused because they still voted for Michael Jordan, who was arguably the best NBA basketball, overall basketball player of all time. Probably didn't have the same collegiate accolades and, and numbers as even like Brianna Stewart of UConn. But even Kansas basketball is doing a best dunks of the Bill Self era bracket right now. I believe Wayne Selden is going to win that with his slam dunk against Baylor in the Big 12 tournament. I have a I would put money on that. I'm not a betting man, but if I was, and sports gambling and all that is getting more and more, you know, it's cool now. It's all good. But I think Wayne Selden's going to win that one. Uh, college football, where does 2020 LSU with Joe Burrow rank up against Vince Young and Texas, the old USC teams? Where do they rank up against uh, the Tim Tebow Florida teams? Old Oklahoma teams, Alabama, all the Alabama teams, the, the recent Clemson teams. So best of the past brackets. Now this one, my number four seed or my, my fourth entry to the final four of brackets, of fantasy brackets. This is the one that was sort of teetering on the edge. In this day and age of equality and people not seeing gender, and this is all positive stuff. This is all the good stuff. I probably haven't seen these brackets really since my childhood days when I would hear it on like morning shows and even afternoon shows. But number four, and this is probably the last year this will be on it. Chicks, man. Chicks. Ranking ladies. There's always someone ranking ladies or dudes. But I know that our gender is a little bit more chauvinistic pigs i again have not seen it as much but maybe i've done a good job of curating my twitter feed these days because I, I haven't seen it at all recently but i know for a fact i used to listen like when i was driving to school in the morning or having someone drive me because i wasn't of age yet um the, the morning shows the the drive time yakkers there was always lady brackets oh man scarlett johansson am i right totally then have to take a towel to the microphones from all the disgusting slobbering pigs, like I said, but chicks. 
That was my number four. Just missed the cut real quickly for the folks. Uh, candy slash food. You know, everyone wants to rank the best candies or, or the best food, especially fast food. In-N-Out versus Whataburger. Oh, what In-N-Out so, so overrated. Oh, yeah, well, Whataburger sucks too. So people love that debate. This is a good one I saw when I was researching for this. Yes, I did some research. There was a Phineas and Ferb musical number bracket out there that was very popular. Not an all-timer, but I just wanted to mention that. And this is the one that probably will take over for chicks in the future. TV characters. People love pitting like Tony Soprano versus Walter White against uh, Peter Dinklage's character in Game of Thrones. TV characters. Oh, the, that guy is so badass. Let me know what your thought. Let me know your thoughts. Write into me at JonasN310 on the gram. What is your final four or what is one that I should have included? Tell me which one I should take out. Probably the, the latest one. But with no actual final four, I guess I fell prey also, right? I'm imperfect. I'm only human. Again, thanks for listening. Uh, I move on to my initial thought was that this was a sham. And I'll tell you in just a second. I believe this is our final wrap-up of the postseason awards. Congratulations to Obi Toppin of Dayton. He has won both the Wooden Award, presented by Wendy's. Thanks, Wendy's. As well as the Naismith Award. I mentioned it a couple weeks ago, several times. Either Obi Toppin or Luca Garza from Iowa was going to win these major Player of the Year awards. But congrats to Yudoka Azabuki and Devon Dotson for even pushing the envelope and being mentioned in these awards. It's just singular personal performances. Obi Toppin had the highlights and carried a mid-major to what would have been probably a one seed for Dayton. So you can't argue that. Now, the Basketball Hall of Fame, and this is where the sham and travesty and all those uh, corruption, all the synonyms I looked up come into play. The Basketball Hall of Fame does release their positional awards. So the Dr. J Award, I mean the Julius Irving Award for the best small forward And right off the bat, let me just say, in this age of positionless basketball, these awards are rendered somewhat useless, or at least the designations. But it's cool that we're still honoring these great players and these legends. So the small forward award went to Sadiq Bey of Villanova, who I don't believe made any other first-team All-American list. But since they needed a small forward, here he is. Great player, though. He really is. The Jerry West Award. That'd be pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. The logo, and you get the award named after him. This is for the best shooting guard, Miles Powell out of Seton Hall. Sure. Yeah, I agree. Great year. I don't know they named this one after this guy. The Carl Malone Award for the best power forward in the nation. The mailman sending it in to Obi Toppin. And again, this is where the whole positionless thing comes in, because Obi Toppin is not your traditional power forward. This is an athletic wing who's built very well and sometimes plays down low because he's dunking all over the place. But that's your best power forward. The best center, the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar award goes to Luca Garza from Iowa. I would assume Azubuki finished second in that one. Can't complain. Garza had a sensational, singular performance this year for Iowa. Congrats to him. Now, this is the one, the Bob Cousy Point Guard Award. 
So this was the, these were the finalists. Malachi Flynn from San Diego State. Again, they only lost, what, two, three games. He had to be on there. Marcus Howard from Marquette. Gunner, high scoring, pretty good player, but a gunner on a mediocre team, so whatever. Trey Jones, Duke. You know, he's got the Duke thing going for him. Really good defensively. I thought he was more deserving of being the finalist for uh, the Naismith Defensive Player of the Year that uh, Marcus Garrett won. But Trey Jones, okay, whatever. There's only so many point guards, right? Devon Dotson, hey, Devon Dotson. And then Peyton Pritchard. Peyton Pritchard of Oregon. So the winner of the Bob Cousy Award was, of course, Peyton Pritchard. Oh. So when I first saw that, I was like, nah, man. There's no way that Devon Dotson did not win that. And I initially was thinking Devon Dotson was the leading scorer in the Big 12 on the number one team in the nation that only lost three games that was going to be the prohibitive favorite going into the tournament. I think Peyton Pritchard is amazing. I watched a pretty good amount of Oregon games for better or for worse this year. He pulled the strings on what was a pretty good team, but I didn't want to let my bias get the best of me on this one. So I went to the tail of the tape, and I will let you – make your own decisions on this one. So this is Peyton Pritchard versus Devon Dotson. We'll have raw numbers. We'll have sort of where the teams stack up. Here we go. In terms of winning, they're both winners. Both teams won their conference. That being said, Oregon went 13-5 and in a mediocre Pac-12, whereas Devon Dotson and the Kansas Jayhawks went 17-1 and in a Big 12 conference that was pretty top-heavy with a real soft underbelly and weak bottom of the conference. But in terms of the final top 25 for Ken Pomeroy, the guy I mention every single week, the czar, only two teams, excuse me, only two teams ranked in the top 25 for Ken Palm's final rankings. That was Oregon and number 17. And so that's Peyton Pritchard. The best point guard, apparently, leading his team to a final season ranking of number 17. And then Arizona was right behind them at number 19, or two behind them. Arizona wasn't even that good. That's a He's much smarter than I am, Ken Palm. But U of A, you know, they, they picked up some wins preseason, but they're not that great. Uh, the next team to even sniff the top 25 was Colorado, who Kansas played this year. Uh, they were at number 35 for Ken Pomeroy. And, and Colorado, I think, is um, – they're not a quality team. For the Big 12, you ask? Well, you have Texas Tech, West Virginia, who was, I think, number 10. Baylor, number three. And Kansas, of course, number one. So there's sort of the team resume. Devon Dotson led the better team. Both led the conference in scoring, although Peyton Pritchard – did score more at 20.5 points per game, which is pretty great. When you're averaging over 20, 20 points per game, good for you. I think Dotson was at like 18. Now, Hayden Pritchard did lead the Pac-12 in assists. Devon Dotson was only fifth in the Big 12. In fact, he didn't even lead, lead his team in assists. That was Marcus Garrett. Uh, Peyton Pritchard at five and a half versus the four on the dot assists per game for Devon Dotson. Oh, on the dot. How about that? No, Devon Dotson did lead 
the Big 12 in steals. Peyton Pritchard didn't lead his team and wasn't even in the top five of the entire conference. So Devon Dotson led the conference in steals on one of the top two defensive teams in the entire nation. So that's just the easel. You make your own painting and come up with your own decision. I think storyline, I think team performance and being arguably, arguably the best team on the best player on the best team. When the numbers are that razor close as it is, I think Devon Dodson may have gotten robbed of the Bob Cousy Award. You make your own decisions. You let me know what you think. Again, my messages are always open. So I want to quickly, really quickly move on to the next topic. I said, what is Bill Self doing? Well, one thing that he's doing, and I sort of mentioned this, I think it was two weeks ago, when he interacted online with the Twitters for that re-airing of the 2008 National Championship that happened on this date, all those years ago that I'm recording, April 7th. What he's since done is had some sort of a video sessions, if you will. Kansas is calling it self-perspective. It's really cool. I, it's really appreciated. My, my favorite moment by far, uh, they've shown three games, or he's gone over three games. I think they're like little 30-minute vignettes. Uh, so they've done Kansas versus Duke from 2018, the lead eight game. Kansas versus Dayton this year in Maui. And then Kansas versus North Carolina, the infamous Final Four game when Cole Aldrich stuck it to Tyler Hansbrough in 2008, April 5th. In 2008. My favorite part by far. So he, I, I went to the part where he broke down where uh, Svi Mikhailuk hits that three-point shot to tie the game up in the Elite Eight before Grayson Allen misses the shot and they go to overtime. And he slyly, I guess, kind of blasted Trayvon Duvall of Duke. Because Duvall was the man who came off of Mikhailuk. Go watch the replay. I know I've said that I'm not watching anything, but I'll watch a good highlight here or there. I'll definitely watch Bill Self break down some tape. <laughs> so he says, Trayvon Duvall gambled on a, on a pass, or, or Graham on his dribble. Trayvon Duvall left Svi and, and made a gamble for a steal, essentially leaving Svi wide open. And, and the guy who was guarding, I think it was LeGerald Vick in the corner, was stuck in between going to the corner, or of course, hedging out to Svi and Mikhailu. I'm talking with my hands right now. Again, no one can see me. It's really helping me. And, of course, Svi takes one rhythm dribble, hits the shot, here we are. But Bill Self essentially goes, you can't make that gamble there. Not his player. I thought that was funny. But, so I'm a cynical guy, though. I know. It's not a very good trait, but I am a cynical guy. And, and I sometimes, when news or when something comes out, especially this time of year, I, I'm trying to find the hidden reason. On the surface, and maybe this is all it is. And you can tell me if I'm sitting here with a tinfoil hat. Perhaps Bill Self is just doing this to be a cool guy connecting with the fan base in a time when we don't have what we usually love this time of year. When no one else is really doing anything. We're just sitting here twiddling our thumbs, watching our Netflix, our Hulu, our Disney Plus, and then back around to Netflix. We're all Zooming each other. So maybe just doing that. Maybe it's just providing some insight, especially to a program like Kansas that sort of sits like a monolith, impenetrable. The fans are sort of held at arm's length. 
They love the fans. Kansas basketball would not be what it is without the fans, and especially Allen Fieldhouse. But this is a huge entity. So with nothing else happening, I haven't seen Coach K do anything. And I get it. He's old. Not really the most, like, online savvy dude. But the most I've seen from him, from him is supporting, you know, the, the healthcare workers, as well as writing a few blurbs for his guys that are going to the NBA. Uh, Cassius Stanley, their shooting guard, who didn't really do much this year except for some cool dunks, declared for the NBA draft. Coach K had a little blurb. Cassius was a great guy to coach, blah, blah, blah. Boy, did he have some cool moments. That's all I've seen from Coach K. Coach Calipari, John Calipari from Kentucky, who loves the spotlight. He's entertaining. But if there's a camera rolling, if there's a soundbite to be had, you better believe John Calipari is there. He is a cool cat. I don't mean that just because they're the Kentucky Wildcats. Call me used car salesman, if you will. But he's not really doing anything. He did something similar that Coach K did in that uh, they he – Again, went on camera to say, you know, I want to send our best wishes and way to go to the healthcare workers. Everybody stay inside. He's not breaking things down. He's not really having a voice. And Coach Cal has a megaphone type of voice. So what is Bill Self doing? I don't necessarily have the answer. I just want to potentially put this out there. And again, the cynic in me says, with potential sanctions coming around the corner. We heard the whispers that Kansas was having trouble recruiting. The one five-star that they got, Bryce Thompson out of Oklahoma, Bill Self did have a pre-existing relationship, I believe, with his dad. So he recruited him, and Bryce Thompson could have gone wherever he wanted, and he chose Kansas. But Bill Self had a bit of an upper hand on that one. So is he trying to get out there? Is he trying to be more visible to recruits? There's still some big ones out there, and there's still some really good prospects that need some whining and dining for the next recruiting cycle. Just some things that make you say, hmm. Think about it. Again, at JonasN310 on the gram. Send me a message if you think I'm being ridiculous, which I probably am. But I do want to move on really quickly because, man, time flies when you're creating controversy but i want to move on really quickly to the guy who is going to be next featured on our project here of the year in review last week i did the guys who redshirted in essence who did not play at all and the next player on our list is someone who i mean essentially should have redshirted because he didn't play that much either he is out of luanda angola he is a sophomore he is 6'9". He's number 22. It's Silvio De Sosa. <laughs> the man who was suspended for essentially the whole rest of the year. So, cold hard numbers right off the bat. Silvio, 2.6 points per game, 2.8 rebounds per game, 47.1 field goal percentage, which isn't really that great when he takes all of his shots from within like five feet of the basket. 0.8 blocks per game. I didn't know this number. I kind of had a feeling he turned the ball over, but he had 0.9 turnovers per game. So he, he almost averaged a turnover per game. And again, this is a guy who does not really pass the ball that much and doesn't really dribble it that much. But as you'll see, wasn't really in the game that much. This was a shocking stat. This may make you say, whoa. 
So his very first year when he broke it on the scene, remember he came in at the winter break, at the semester break in his freshman year of 2017-2018 when Kansas went to the Final Four. He played in 20 games. And they did go in a Final Four run, so he got some extra tournament games in there. How many games did he play this year, 2019-2020? So he played in 22 years ago. He only played in 18 games this year. And that Kansas State game when he got in that brawl was all the way back on January 21st. So a kid who missed the entire 2018-2019 season then only played 18 games this year and hasn't played since the end of January. He was reinstated for the last game Kansas played this year, the last regular season game of the year at Texas Tech, but he did not play in the game. He was on the bench, he dressed, he traveled, which was different, but he didn't see any action. So this guy's rusty, and he's going to be even more rusty come next year. You want to talk about what Russ does? This is what Russ do. In the 18 games he played, he only scored double digits once, and it was 11 points versus Monmouth. Monmouth. <laughs> so I, I did the numbers. Or I did the addition, and it wasn't even that hard. In the games he actually played against Power 5 schools, you know, the Pac-12, Big 12 conference season, ACC, Big East. And I also included Dayton and BYU because those are two really good programs. Uh, BYU is in the WCC. Dayton's in the A-10. But both quality teams that are big five quality. So he scored 11 versus Monmouth. He scored 11 points total in those games against actual decent teams. Not against like UMKC, Eastern Tennessee. No, these were the teams that you really make your bread. Perhaps I shouldn't say that for a guy who was under investigation for, by the NCAA. But you get what I'm saying. For minutes per game, he played 15 in the, very, the second game of the Big 12 season at Iowa State. He didn't play more than six minutes up until the Kansas State game when he played the last four, and we didn't see him again. So this is going to be tough. Considering the fact that Kansas is likely to go to the four-guard lineups again next year, that means he's going to have to compete with Dave McCormack, who is essentially the incumbent and birthrighted the starting center position. We talked about Mitch Lightfoot last week. He'll have to compete also with the man with the great name, Jethro Muscadin, the freshman who's coming in. And some whispers on the wind, maybe Matt Harms, the grad transfer from Purdue who just sent shockwaves through the college basketball landscape by saying he's going to transfer from Purdue. This is a big seven-foot anchor who Kansas could potentially just plug in there to replace Yudoka Azubuki. Not the same at all. Something to keep an eye on. Again, I I don't have any sources, nothing like that. All I saw was an article saying that he'd be a good landing spot, and I could see it. So that's a lot of players, and that's a lot of talent to be competing against when you're rusty and you flat out didn't even play that well when you were in the game last year. I mean, in those 18 games that he played, not effective. Kansas seemed to lose the lead every time he entered the game. He seems like a good kid. His teammates seem to like him. I saw the video when he visited that elementary school late in the basketball season, sort of an image rehab situation, telling them, look, I did something wrong. I'm learning from my mistakes, blah, blah, blah. Oh, (laughs) He got a raw deal. 
with the situation two years ago now. I really do hope he has a great offseason and he comes back with a vengeance because he could be a very valuable player. He's athletic. He's strong. He's only 6'9", sure. But, I mean, he's the most cut guy in the Big 12 probably. So, yeah, I hope he comes back with a vengeance. Just maybe not this time with the stool over his head. Oh, rim shot. Okay. That was a good show. And, wow, would you look at the time? That really that got away from me. It's quarantine season. My mind is erasing. But, again, I do appreciate you listening. Share the show. I mean, look, no one is doing anything. So if people aren't listening, uh, then that means they frankly just don't like me as a person, which is fine. I've heard worse. But, you know, spread the word. See, let people have their own set. I want the people's opinions on the bracket. I want the people's opinions on Bill Self and as well if the whole Peyton Pritchard versus Devon Dawson situation. I'd love your predictions and your thoughts on what you expect from Silvio DeSosa. So with that being said, uh, again, stay safe. Stay warm, depending where you're at in the country. I've seen some sunshine. I've seen some rain here and there. Uh, and apart from that, keep in mind, rock jock. Snoop Doggy Dog and Dr. Dre is at the dope. Ready to make it.